in a format where people try to always be right, we're comfortable being mostly wrong. Welcome to Mostly Wrong, episode 13. I'm Matt Lucas, and joining me are Ryan Glowinka. Hey, what's up? And Mark Jackson. Hello. So here we are again, and as promised, we're going to do quote-unquote other media. And that entails anything that's not a video game, a movie, or a television show. So I guess without further ado, I'm going to throw the grenade in Ryan's lap again, put you on the spot. And I'll jump on it, and here we go. Very Steve Rogers. So, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the Expanse series um, has nine books. Only eight have been released. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, the ninth one is still scheduled to come out next month. I haven't heard that it's not. Um, yeah, as far as I'm aware, it's still on, on course. So, I know, least. and we've all read them have we matt matt you're current mm-hmm. up to uh eight and mark you're up to seven correct okay so but um and by read um i'm gonna use air quotes here is that i've listened to all the audiobooks in on audible in so. the case of the expanse i'm the same i've never read an actual yeah. book of the expanse yeah and um, so you know what like Maybe we could do a little divergence real quick or a digression. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, are both of you primarily audiobook listeners as a, or readers as opposed to physical books? I, I would say um, yes. And I, I, I don't know when the transition happened. Um, I think probably as technology started, I'm trying to think, uh, I was really trying to think about this today, like when... I started drifting away from actually, you know, the physical reading of books because I just, um, I think I, like I used to read a lot when I was a kid. Like I read Piers Anthony books. Um, I read all the game of Thrones series. Well, five books (laughs) that are out, (laughs) (laughs) but I actually read those. Um, so that was like, like 2010 was the one that when, Dance of Dragons was published. Yeah. So I think I fell off around short, probably after shortly after that and um, just never really, I don't know, lost interest really in the physical reading. And when I got my Audible account, just started um, listening more. And it became a, a, more of a convenience thing because I could get books accomplished or done while driving to work or um doing stuff around the house or mowing the lawn you know it was almost like a multitask type thing right and so it seemed it seemed convenient for me what about you mark were you ever a big reader oh yeah i mean uh, yes um for me i'm more lately i've been more of an audiobook reader that my issue with physical reading 
is more of a me thing. I feel like I read way too slow. <laughs> so I I can I love the idea of holding a book and reading a book, turning the pages, physically turning the pages, even even the down to the smell of the pages, you know. Mm -hmm. It's very nostalgic. Um but my hang up is uh I don't know if it's a mental thing, probably is, but I just get distracted very easily when I'm reading a physical book. So it slows me right down. I feel, uh, you know, I feel. But that's like, always been the case for you, right? Like you've always felt like it's a struggle yeah, for you to maintain the focus. Right. And, you know, I had no other option <laughs> before technology mm -hmm. uh, caught up. But now that audiobooks are much more prevalent and it's easier to. Um, have them on your phone or whatever, like Ryan was saying. Now I could be driving to work, mm -hmm. mowing the lawn, just like he said. And I feel like I'm, uh, I, I, my attention with the book is less, it's less distracting. So I can, I can uh, uh, grasp what the story is, you know, while yeah. I'm doing other things. It just, uh, so. Yeah, I'm an audiobook. <laughs> Long story short, yeah, you hate books. Yes. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, for me, like, I was a huge reader as a kid. Like, I started reading pretty young in, like, the first book series, like, outside of, like, uh, Dr. Seuss type stuff that I read was, have you guys ever heard of Benicula? Yes. Okay. So, sounds familiar. It's like the vegetarian vampire rabbit. And it's like this whimsical story about a rabbit and a cat and a dog that live in a house. And it's a just a series of children's books. And like that caught me. And then I went on to the Hardy Boys. And then I leveled up really quickly because I got into Stephen King at like 12. And wow. pretty raw. Um, it was just a lot. And then there's another author by the name of John Saul that is like another horror author, really prolific. And then after that, I got into Ender's Game, and by virtue of that, Orson Scott Card is in general as an author. So, have you guys ever read Ender's Game? By the way, no, I have not, but my wife has. Okay, it was really formative. Um, it's incredible. Like it's the perfect teenage boy book. Um, you either know it or you don't. I'm not going to try to sell you on it, but. It was like probably up through the mid 2000s I read consistently because I've always also read comic books quite a lot. But I would say the advent of easily accessible Internet by virtue of like the smartphone, I think that's what's done it. I don't think there's any yeah. real disputing it. There's just something about like the instant satisfaction of like reading a brief snippet or watching a video on the Internet is just so much easier to consume and acquires so much less focus than what a book does. And right. as somebody that was a voracious reader, I'm like honestly embarrassed by how hard it is for me to get a book going. You know, like I've got a Kindle, you know, I've got four or five books on there that I've loaded up and tried to start and it just never sticks with me. I need to do the same thing you do, Ryan, where throw on an audio book, wash the dishes, work out, driving to work, all that kind of stuff. It's like it, it's, it has to be supplementary to what I'm doing as opposed to being the goal itself and right. i think it's kind of a shame you know what i mean because mm -hmm. i remember and i still do from time to time you know you really can get there's a there's a zen aspect of reading a physical book where you kind of get 
when you find that pace where you get engrossed in it and just kind of like lost in your own thoughts, like building that world inside your head. I mean, Mark, yeah. do you, can you relate with that even being saying that you have a hard time? Like, would you get to that point, you know, that kind of where the rest of the world would kind of melt away and reading the words on the page wasn't really effort. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, um, I always struggled. I had, um, I don't want to say like I didn't have a great imagination, but I feel like when it was, it, it, I always struggled with the total immersion in a book, even when I was a kid, like that total melting away that you're talking about. Like, yeah, I never fully achieved that all the time. Like but I would still be. Yeah. And so, um, and like when I was a kid, you know, uh, like I was diagnosed with ADHD and I was on some medication for a while. And I think, did I know like, that? Did I, you know that Ryan or Mark? <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. That's news to me. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think there was some, um, like issues there with my attention span and it's probably carried over to, um, my adulthood. And it just like, um, I feel it, especially when trying to concentrate on things for a long period of time. And so mm-hmm. I feel like it is very hard for me to have what you and other people's describe as that total immersion in a book, because I feel like I've never actually achieved it on a regular basis. Man. Well, that's a shame. Like that was yeah. the main appeal for me. Like, yeah. <clears throat> and there's an element to both the reason I, pre- I prefer comic books and traditional books is because so there's an there's a concept in comics and it's i think it applies to books too um called closure and what that means what it means in this context is you're not provided everything you know you can't get the total immersion because you don't see and hear and smell like what the characters are and the places they're located they give you as much information as they can but you still have to fill in that gap you know they could describe a person he's six foot tall he's burly um He's got a ruddy complexion. He's got blue hair, blue hair, blue eyes, blonde hair. And that's going to evoke a certain imagery in your head, right? Like you're going to get like this nebulous idea of what a person looks like. And that's part of the reason people are like unhappy sometimes with when somebody is cast in a movie, because you don't even necessarily have an ironclad idea. Um, There's just like this concept that lives in your head and it's, ephemeral it like kind of floats there and you don't necessarily have like a clear idea of it or maybe you even do and nobody's going to match that exact ideal it's almost like a letdown when you see something that doesn't match what's in your head and right i like that about books and comics like even if you're reading a comic it's still drawings of things they're not inherently photorealistic so i like providing that closure of like determining what i think everything should look like based on the description i'm given and often I'm just very let down by what I feel like other people's interpretations of those descriptions are, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. And that's why I think a lot of people struggle with the whole outside of like plotting and theming, like people say the book is always better than the movie, for example. I think that's an element right. that comes into it because you bring you put a big part of yourself into a form of media when you're when you have to fill in all those gaps yourself, like you're way more invested i i would say in a book than you are in a movie at any given time because it just requires far more work and effort from you 
I don't know if that makes right. sense, but that's the way I feel about it. It, it does. And I don't think it makes yeah, it inherently I mean, more valuable. You know what I mean? I don't think that any other form of entertainment's less <clears throat> less than because it's not a book. It's just like flexing a different muscle. And you're I mean, when you're reading a book, you're effectively the director, the cinematographer, mm-hmm. you know, it's your own vision yeah. of how everything is coming together. And so at minimum it's, it's collaborative. It, yeah, and so you ha- you are setting the your the expectations are your own, and so mm-hmm. when it's someone else doing it for like a movie, you know it's hard for someone else to meet your own expectations, and so that's why there's a lot of letdown because you know it's kind of like you know like worlds colliding kind of thing. Yeah, the expectation versus the reality mm-hmm. of the thing. Yep. But so that's been the big bummer to me. I've been trying to force myself into reading like, and you brought up. Well, I'm not going to jump around topics like I always do. The bottom line is I think a lot of people struggle with it. And um, I'm really making a sincere attempt to do it, to like put away my phone or not have like a video game when I'm in bed and try to actually read. Because another part of it is I actually fall asleep at a reasonable hour when I try to read as opposed to easily staying up past the time I want to when I'm on my phone. Oh, I know that. So yeah. it just feels like a healthier choice too, because it kind of like naturally exhausts you. Um, so relatable. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that was basically my topic thing I was wanting to talk about, but we can roll back to the issue at hand, which was actually uh, the expanse. Do you? It's not like really important, but do you remember which one of us like had read that first? Does it, I don't think that even matters. Did we get onto I, it before there were sequels or was it just, I feel like I started reading the series think, when there was I like think, two books out. You, yeah, you hooked you, me onto it. Okay. Yeah. I think you got Mark and then you both got me to read it. And I think there were only one or two. Like, yeah. I don't even think might, the third one might've been out mm-hmm. maybe, you know, and then they started rolling through and then we all struggled with the fourth audio book <laughs> because they changed the, the change the in the reader. Uh, you guys got past that though like i think that one i actually quit and then read (laughs) so i did read that one because i hated his weirdly lethargic take i well it you had to i listened to it at one and a half speed and it actually made it sound normal oh wow (laughs) such a simple fix (laughs) i I can't believe i didn't even think about that i've actually done that with youtube videos huh he he read so it was weirdly and it was bizarrely slow, lethargic, deliberate. Like and so, yeah. And so, like, there was uh, in uh, Audible, there's a time and a half, you know, of course there speed, is. There so. always has been. I just don't know why I didn't <laughs> think of that. Anyway, not brilliant. It, it made it sound absolutely normal. I was like, did they just, like, you know, you know, time and a half less, you know, when they did the record? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, it was weird because it sounded normal. Yep, I remember so, a lot of the reviews were touching on it too. It wasn't just us that thought it was a, a bad narrator, or at least an I, awkward I, one. I'd like to hear him actually speak, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like they messed up the recording. Like, <laughs> and honestly, you know, because like one and a half speed sounded sounds totally normal. normal. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's funny. So, Mark, what's held yeah. you back from reading the most current book? Reading in general. Okay. All right. <laughs> no. Um, so you haven't been doing uh, even been doing audiobooks lately? No, I mean I'm a right now I've been on a big huge podcast kick, so I've been 
that's like when I'm driving or mowing the lawn and stuff like that, that's what's been taking up my my time. Well, you might as well throw it out there. What are you listening to? What's your predominant thing? I know Scott Johnson's <laughs> your messiah, so are they all related about him? Yes, they're all his stuff. <laughs> okay. So what do you, what are what are his shows cuz I've actually li- never listened to anything he does. I just hear you invoke his name incessantly. <laughs> um so the main ones I listen to are his uh morning show that he does uh Monday through Friday. Um called it's uh the morning stream. Oh, okay. Hmm. And then um I listen to his video game podcasts. Uh Core is by far my favorite. Um, that's where they talk about he and two other co-hosts talk about uh, all the big games, mm-hmm. the uh, AAA stuff, and that sort of thing. What is his background, then, by the way? Like, who is he in the world that he became? Like, is he famous through podcasting just because he's good yes. at it? Okay. Yes. All right. He got into it uh, early in the early days of podcasting. So like he's an artist maybe. though. Extra, yeah, but he, extra life was his extra yeah. life was his. He's uh, he's a website. right. He's an oh. artist and he does a extra bunch of life. Web. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had no that idea. Was, but was his first podcast the instance, or did he do a couple more before that? Well, he had that extra life stuff. Okay. Um, he had then he did the I think the instance, and that's the one where he got the most fame. I think that's what. Yeah. Uh, slingshotted him into because he uh, was still doing that while he was working a full time job until 2010, and then he decided to um, basically quit his full time job and then do podcasting and his art full time. Yeah. So he does a lot of artwork and a lot of stuff like that that supplements <laughs> that he, um, and stuff. But um, but yeah, though I I just I really like his content. I like his style i like i feel like i connect with him and his co-hosts mm-hmm. i feel like uh, we like if we sat down and actually had a conversation we could have a great conversation yeah so but anyway i i just i relate to him a lot is so, there any uh, carry over there for you ryan like do you listen to much of his stuff yeah i i started listening to the instance when i was in the air force down in uh my deployment in Florida. Um, I don't know how you call it deployment, but the Air Force did. <laughs> Panama City, baby. Um, so, uh, but yeah, he started that podcast right after Burning Crusade for um, World of Warcraft. And yeah, so like 2006, he's, he'd been doing it forever. It's recently changed, but I started listening to it actually on my original iPod. And hmm. um, I'd have to go download it. And then like, you know, like hook it up in the car, you know, to like the special <laughs> like cable, you know, that was went into the back of um, the auxiliary cable. The car that I had. Yeah. The auxiliary cable. So mm-hmm. I could listen to it in the car and um, I had that specially hooked up. So, cause I drove across country from Montana to Florida during that time. Woof. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> no, that was, I did that over a couple of days, but um, so that was one of the uh, first podcasts where I found him and been pretty much listening to it ever since. Mm-hmm. So, um, what is that, 15 years of listening to that podcast? That's why I didn't realize it had been around <laughs> it, that long. Yeah, it's crazy. So, and he's, <clears throat> um, you know, basically grown his network 
and uh, I listen to I don't listen to the morning stream uh, just because I don't have enough time for that. I know it's enjoyable. I listen to it a couple, but it's what is it two hours a day, Mark? Uh, they've they've tried to trim some stuff. They I think they keep it try to keep it to about an hour and a half. Yeah, and so far, I mean, lately they've been pretty good about doing that. It's still a very lengthy podcast, it is. a da- daily so podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's once a week, and so like a, a two-hour podcast once a week, I can manage just fine. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then the instance is about an hour, and then he does this other indie game show. He has he had, does a, a trio of, of game shows and uh, indie game show called the Boop Show, right? B O O P, Boop. <laughs> Anything else that you listen to podcast wise, either of you? Um, since we're on the subject, actually, I listen to the one that he and his wife does called the Skim Show, the Scott and Kim Show. So that's like twenty minutes they do every week or every couple of weeks. So, like I was saying, it's like all Scott Johnson all the time in this group. <laughs> yeah, I well, I did start listening to uh, this Bengals podcast that uh, the Cincinnati. Um, one of the Cincinnati beat reporters is doing. What's it called? So, uh, uh, the Cincinnati beat podcast, I think. Hmm. And do you recommend it for a football it, guy? They do. Yes. For, well, for, if you're a Cincinnati fan, of course they do one twice a week. They do a pregame show. It's about an hour. Mm-hmm. comes out on Thursday and then they'll do a post game analysis. It's about 20, 30 minutes. Uh, they record right after the game. Okay. So it's a, it's a twice a week podcast. It's been pretty good. I started doing it uh, right after the, um, actually, yeah, right after the Green Bay game, the one that you and I went to. Nice. That was a good game. It was a good game. All right. Well, um, I listened to a couple things too, but it's just niche interest stuff like comic books. And <laughs> believe it or not, I actually listened to a, a podcast about transformers as ridiculous as that sounds. And what yeah. like the show or the toys or the movies. Yeah. It's literally that onomatopoeia. Good job. No, it's these three British guys, British guys that just talk about the toys, the media stuff like that. And they're just completely charming. Like they're just, that that British aesthetic where they all sound very kind of proper and dry and like they take a topic that should be ridiculous and they're kind of like genuine earnest enthusiasm for it um, as lifelong fans of like this toy property as like 40 year old men is just actually kind of endearing and fun to listen to. So that's okay. called the triple takeover podcast. And then I listen to I fanboy, which is kind of like one of the, oldest podcast period it's about um comic books those guys like one of the original pioneers probably along with scott johnson because they've been i think since 2004 or 5 um there's the giant Bombcast, which is a video game podcast uh that's also been going on for quite a few years and there's a new one called the fire escape cast and it's three people talking about video games and it's probably like the legitimately the most funny off the cuff show I've ever heard. Like the people's chemistry on it. It's two guys and a a girl and they just go off about the wildest shit. And like, it's all tangents. It's like supposed to be about video games, but it's a three hour biweekly podcast. And the first hour and a half is just them talking like 
total nonsense about like their, their lives that are like sitcoms and it's incredible. So <laughs> Ryan, I would recommend Firescape cast uh, actually to both of you, honestly, because you're not going to get a lot of hardcore video game talk, but they are like lifelong or not lifelong, but career, their entire career is in game journalism. If that's, if you consider that a thing. Okay. So they have a lot of experience with through a uh, game informer, um, and a bunch of other outlets like IGN, Kotaku, Polygon. And they got a lot of good insight, but the, foremost, there's like really good chemistry and they're really funny. Like uh, a couple okay. weirdos on it too. What's to it think. called again? Um, Firescape cast. Um, yeah, they're just like characters in the best possible sense. So, and then the last one I watch or watch, listen is uh, called watch out for fireballs and it's these two guys that are just um one's based out of ohio one's based out of oregon and they talk about they basically base an episode on a one video game where they play it through its entirety and they talk about the mechanics of it how they feel about it handle the story and with like light commentary kind of light humor and stuff like that and so they've handled they've been doing it for eight or nine years so they've handled a lot of video games and it could be interesting just to hear their takes on a lot of stuff but they have very they have very specific likes and so like resident evil silent hill they love survival horror type stuff that's kind of like their bread and butter and they also like you know Baldur's gate or divinity original sin like so that's kind of where they skew taste wise but um they're also good like it's their, their episodes range from like an hour and a half to almost four hours depending on like the size of game that they're playing and that's a uh, weekly so anyway those are the things nothing like educational informative whatsoever like it's all total garbage po- podcasting honestly <laughs> so um but i guess we'll go back <sighs> The Expanse is what it is. It's a huge book series. It's a huge uh, media property as far as like the TV show. How do you guys feel about it relative to the books versus the TV show? So I actually haven't had a chance to watch the most current season, I think. Isn't it up to five? Yes. I'm... Okay. Yeah, so I only saw four. Yeah, so and this season, this season that's coming out in December... Season six is the final season. Okay. Oh, really? They're not going to be able to continue it with the no the books. They've been, they no. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that because I don't. I just know it's the final season. So I don't Man, know. If, I, I would like hate to watch the show and like not read book nine and then get the book nine spoiled. You know. <laughs> well. Um, unless they're doing like a Game of Thrones thing, I don't know. Um, Do you feel like it compared favorably to the books? I felt like it has been. Um, yes, they've been I'm, I'm like caught up. Yeah, so at least through four, um, I thought they've been very faithful to what the story has been in each of the books. Okay, you know, for book one, two, three, and four seasons, one, two, three, four have been very good. Okay. For me, surprising, surprising even for me, like I haven't ever given it a deep dive. Like I haven't even finished the first season. Um, not that I'm anti the show by any means, but that's a perfect example. Um, I think where characters did not match what I expected them to be when I saw the casting, 
Holden for me, Holden for me, like as much as I've watched of the first season, never has not clicked yet. I feel like that's not who I would have pictured for Holden and maybe that he grows into it more. So I'm going to have to give it more of a chance, but he is just not on any level for whatever reason. Did you have any struggle with that? I, I struggled with a few of the characters. Okay. Early on, but you they they do. I mean, they do. You do eventually get used to them, and eventually do end up liking them. Like honestly, right now, my my biggest hang up wasn't Holden; it was um, Naomi. And you but know now, what? I'm uh, I couldn't picture anybody else being in that role. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I would pilot? say pilot is um, Alex. Uh, Alex. Yeah, so Alex and Amos for me were I thought cast pretty well. Right. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um I don't want to get into spoilers. We can get into spoilers. So we're gonna do well, spoilers for the next thirty seconds. Say something spoiler. Hold, hold, hold on. <laughs> I need to I, Ryan hasn't seen the most uh seen season five yet. Is there things so happening in the in the series that don't happen sh- in the books? Correct. Oh, okay. Oh really? And, okay. And, and I don't know how. I, I mean, I I know why they did it. Oh, I know okay. what you're talking about uh, without even watching the show. But I I was taking. I was. I'm not so much upset with the show as much as I am <laughs> the actor. Right. Oh. All right. Leave it at that. Yeah, I'll get to it at some point. Anyway, we shouldn't be talking about the show because that's not the point of this episode. I know I, we, we were talking about shows last it's, week. It's my fault. <laughs> it's just one of those things. It's hard to go into it without like talking about spoilers. Um, yeah. I feel like the arc of the books, I was more excited or hyped for them probably through the first four or five. And then there was, I don't know, somewhat of a lull. I feel like the the subsequent books weren't near night quite as strong. Maybe it's like bringing in more characters like Naomi's ex-husband and her son. I didn't love those characters to be honest. Um, but I agree with that. You're not supposed to. (laughs) It was, it was like almost like if we like an act one, two, three, like Mm -hmm. the act one was really strong. And then kind of in the middle there too is kind of, just okay Mm -hmm. so i'm I'm hoping that you know this final part you know like we'll bring it home like book nine will like Mm -hmm. like they like they had this conclusion in mind from the beginning and it's going to be great yeah which i think is ironic considering their protégés of uh george r R. martin (laughs) (laughs) right so they like learned from all his mistakes well okay so you do it old man (laughs) so if book not book nine is coming out what Soon. you said next month next month uh november 18th or something yeah okay, so they probably have had it done and written and in for a while now Most so at least they, a year i think yeah well so they may have been able because they work directly with the show they're they're so. like producers of the show so i'm guessing <laughs> they've already you know worked out you know the script and everything to fit the new book so you're probably right um, so it, it comes out the day that uh, I take my trip to Vegas. So I guess I'll just have to like listen to it on the plane. Yeah, and, pound through and, it so that way you're ready. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the next. Gonna have one. to do it. <clears throat> but That's all I'm doing on the the 
four or five hour plane ride there and back. Excellent use of your time. Twice. Yep, yep, exactly. But um, anyway, needless to say, it's it's a really kind of singular and unique sci-fi story, and just kind of. It's probably one of the only series that the three of us have read, besides maybe Game of Thrones, and mm-hmm. I don't know if Ryan's read Lord of the Rings or anything like that. Um, I mean, Lord of the Rings is a dry proposition like, for a lot of people. I mean, he, I enjoyed it. He did read it, yeah, it was, like as a kid. He read The Hobbit, actually. So. Yeah, well, that's like, a much no, friendlier book, to be honest. I feel like it holds up better for like a more casual experience. It's it's yeah. a more it's a tighter experience too. Like, I don't know. I would recommend that before Lord of the Rings. Like, that's for a super fan because there's a lot of meandering and like um, song in it, which turns people off. There's that entire character like Tom Bombadil that didn't even show up in the movie series where he's like this uh, weird hermit in the woods that is actually some kind of elder god and he sings l- jaunty little tunes and I don't know. I, I could only imagine your face. Is, have seen that. I know. I would have too just like to see where like <laughs> the momentum of the movie stops dead as like this weird little Muppet like is springing around the screen and everybody's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have... Uh... <laughs> translated like well a broader a broader audience i think but, there was uh, no way to fit him in with the tone of the movie yeah. like he would work yeah, really no, well in like did. an animated series probably yeah yeah but uh anyway like talk, could, i ahead. wonder if they'll bring him in i wonder if they'll bring him in in the tv series the amazon series i would love it i always forget that's a thing so do you know when that's scheduled like when's uh, it supposed to air uh next this time next year okay because wheel wheel time is next month or December. Yeah. And I think Lord of the Rings is next year. Wheel of Time. Something I bounced off of, something you've bounced off of. How about you, Ryan? Have you tried it at all? Never. I'm I'm really stoked for the show though. I'm middle excited. I'm not excited, but we'll see where it goes. <laughs> at least it's a finished series. When are you ever excited? Um, I'm excited for plenty of stuff, but just not that. Um, okay. <laughs> let me see. Oh, well, speaking of exciting, I'm excited to see Dune. And yep, I know, Ryan, too. you're having a hard time with the book, which I don't think is unsurprising. No, that's well. So if we want to talk about it for a little bit, like, um, yeah, it's like. Do it. One word I would describe like the first hundred or th- 130 pages or so it's just confusing like mm-hmm. I, I think um there's just a lot of characters a lot of strange words terms and <laughs> phrases that are like thrown about that i have i'm like what the fuck does any of this mean and like <laughs> i am i'm literally confused like i'm reading it and I have no idea what a lot of these things were. They're referencing things that I feel like I missed an entire book, you know, mm-hmm. or like, you know, it's almost like it does. It feels like a lot of the things that I'm reading so far are out of context. And I, I am struggling with that. And it is because I'm, and I, because of what I had previously talked about of like failing to like, find attention because it is so confusing it is not engaging for me and so like i am not interested because like i cannot find i can i'm not finding it interesting because it's so confusing like nothing it's not gripping for me 
Yeah, like well, finding your footing in the book is what you're saying. Yep, and exactly. that's not uncommon. Like, there's so much world building up front, and mm-hmm. it's not based in a reality that you're familiar with. The other thing is, um, he there's a heavy undertones, not undertones, overtones. It's just blatant, um, like Arabic influences, and so there's a lot of unfamiliar words, like from that standpoint. Like, I can't believe you don't know what a Kwisatz Haderach is, Ryan. What a what a noob. <laughs> Um, but that's a good example of like a terminology in the book. And the thing is like it front loads it with world building and it is a 700 page book. So they yeah. throw a lot of shit at you. Yeah. The, the Kindle book says like 870 or something the way that my pages are. So. Yeah. So you would have to give it more time. But the thing is I wouldn't tell anybody to like force themselves into it. Cause then you're just going to resent it. You know, if you if you read 500 pages into it and you just doesn't grab you, you're going to just be like, fuck this book. And I'd rather you not be an enemy of Dune, <laughs> to be frank, <laughs> because yeah. my love from it stems from my dad, where, like you said, your dad read The Hobbit for you. Yeah. My dad didn't read me Dune. That would have been super weird. But um, when I was a teenager, he really liked the David Lynch movie and yeah. which made him read the book. And OK, his it was his only real foray into so my dad was very much like a western like standard drama comedy person those were his his genres but standing out amongst those things were dune and blade runner and he had like an intense passion for both of those he liked like the weird sci-fi-ness of both and what Dune does, which is similar to Lord of the Rings, is they do that intense world building and where you have to go to a glossary to see what things are because they're it's a bunch of made up words, right? right. Um, and that's a lot that's a lot of buy in for things. But I really liked it. I actually encountered Dune before Lord of the Rings, so it's it is probably one of my favorite books because of that. Okay. And it also like I have that connection with my dad. It's just something yeah. so that can't be understated. But what I would say is go ahead there is an excellent audio book that is fully, there's a full cast. So it's like listening to an audio play. If that doesn't grab you. Yeah. You should do that too, Mark. I think I will because I want to, I've been meaning to go back and read it. Is it the one on audible? It should be. It's been been like uh, 20 plus years since I've last read the book. Yeah. So I remember enjoying it. It's literally the best way to experience it. If you have trouble with the book itself. And like I I said, the one on audible already. Okay. There are so I don't know if it's the one on Audible, but there is one like I said it's like a, a like a BBC production with the every unique character is voiced by, you know, a unique actor. So it's much That's more awesome. like a play. And <clears throat> I think that would have the best chance. From what I've read about the movie, um it's a visual spectacle that is all set up for a sequel that might never happen. Um it's not looking good because the buzz about it is a lot of people are confused. Not, not unlike how you are about the book, Ryan. Oh, so, but, but that being said, like it's Dennis, however you pronounce his last name. Yeah. I'm not even going to touch it, but (laughs) he's never let me down from a a visual standpoint. I loved uh, the Blade Runner um, sequel. What was that called? Blade Runner. What? Uh, uh, 2049. Yeah. Yeah. 2049. I thought that, that was, was incredible. And just from the trailers, I think Dune looks like incredible. Like 
a visual feast. So I'm hoping at least that, but I know I'm going to like it kind of regardless because I even like that bonkers Lynch film. You know what I mean? I do too. And it, do it, too. it bears no real resemblance other than nope, character it names. Yeah, <laughs> it is like completely. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, other than character names, there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot in that movie. That's. Um, but anyway. Okay. So I did, I did find it. Mm-hmm. It says it's narrated by Scott Brick, uh, like a whole bunch of people, like not just one person. Yeah, like oh Scott Brick, that, man, the yeah. most prolific man in audiobooks. Is it really? He's <laughs> he's one of them. Yeah, he's like the who's the dude that is Nathan, Nathan Drake's voice, who's in every video game. I can't believe I'm oh, drawing a blank. Um, um, he's got. Yeah, the, I know who you're. Oh yeah, what is his name? He's got the alliterative Holy name. Holy crap! This is a huge failure as. A gamer American, Mark. <laughs> oh, fudge. Now I gotta look it up. What is his name? This is excellent podcasting right now. Nolan North. There we go. Dear God. But yeah, yeah. so Scott Brick is kind of like the Nolan North of audiobooks. Gotcha. Um, so you're showing me something I can yeah, barely kinda, read. It's kind of blurry, but there are all the names underneath it. Yeah, yeah. That's who... So try it out. If you liked, okay. what did you like about Game of Thrones? You know, like, give me, like, a synopsis, like, a two or three sentence reason what you found compelling about it. So. Your time's up. Mark. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Well, I, I think I, because I did watch the TV show first, the season one. Oh, and then, okay. like. All right. Yeah. So I watched season one first, and then. So I think that might have like the world building everything. I got to like see faces, hear names, like I knew the houses and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, because I think if I had read, tried to read book one, I would probably have been confused as shit. Also, right? <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. I, I I probably would not have been able to get through the first um, Game of Thrones book if I hadn't already read Dune, Lord of the Rings. And um, trying to think of another one of those books that are like, well, those two specifically, mm-hmm. I probably would never have been able to get through Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think those two books, and that well, one of them being a series of books, um, condition or not condition—that's not the right word—allow uh, uh, allowed me to go into Game of Thrones and not be confused like it, it, it i don't know because i feel like yeah that one's fantasy one's sci-fi but there's so much world building and so many characters and so many houses just like game of thrones that and there was a lot of a lot more political intrigue than there is like anything else i think i just don't think i would have jumped into game of thrones reading it Mm-hmm. Had I not already had gone through Dune, right? For example. Hmm. Well, it was one of those things, and the story I always tell is like I thought for sure you would like that for years, literally a decade. I was trying to get you to read Game of Thrones, and um, you just like would casually just be like brush me off and be like, uh huh, uh huh. It was always not forefront in your on you. Whenever I would bring it up to you, you were just not paying attention. It wasn't hitting you right. And then you saw like the previews for the show and you had the audacity 
the temerity, <laughs> the unmitigated gall to recommend Game of Thrones, the TV show to me as though it's something I would have not heard of. And I was fucking furious. <laughs> uh, I love that story. Uh, that's, yeah, that's a great story. Because I, I literally remember like the first time we were like at a game store in Kettering. And, I remember this too. Yeah, and I, trying to sell you on it, it just you were impenetrable. I couldn't get it through to you. Yeah, uh, I don't know what to. I don't know what to tell you, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually mad about it. I just think it is funny. And um, well, so like outside of that, what are there any book series that book individual books or book series that you guys have read recently, like as adults, maybe in the last ten years, that you've really enjoyed? Uh, um, Dark Tower series. A good call. I, I did the I did the audio, uh, the Audible on that all seven. I How'd you too. feel about that? Oh, I I I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it. Yeah. Okay. I've never actually finished the Dark Tower. I think I I actually physically read four or five of the original books, and then just he I was caught up at that point. And then he suddenly like blammed out a few more, and I just never got back to it. Yeah, there was like a uh, time period, like during his accident, mm-hmm. um, where he didn't. There was like a gap, right? Between, uh, I think it was between um, Wasteland. No, uh, the one after Wasteland, um, the one where he's younger. Um, oh gosh, darn it! That's gonna kill me. Because <laughs> then the Wolves of the Kala came out, mm-hmm. and that was after his accident. But there was like a huge gap. Right. From his near death. Understandable. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So what about you, Ryan? Anything else other than that? Yeah, I'm looking up the names of it now. Okay, so I read a Stephen King series. Um, It's it's called the Mr. Mercedes Trilogy. I don't even know what that is. Hmm. Go ahead. What is that? It's it's, um, 2014 was when it came out, and then 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. Um it's basically about a detective who like, you know, it's, it's a kind of a, like a murder mystery type thing. Yeah. It's not uh, supernatural or anything. This is nope. kind of like this murder mystery. detective. Yeah. It's a murder mystery, like detective kind of like, you know, try and he kind of, kind of fucking nailed it. Hmm. So yeah, it is. It's excellent. Well, the thing I felt, Stephen King, like he's he's a weird case of both over and underrated, depending on who mm-hmm. you ask. He's like right. probably one of the most famous modern authors in the world, but there's a lot of blowback on people saying that like he's overrated or he's not a good a good writer. And I would take issue that one hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. there's some there's a quality to his books that are just almost uh, to a to a one. They're all captivating. There's something about it, like even if there's a sense of dread or repulsion to it, like it still sucks you in. He just has like a style that I think is super. I know effective. what it is. What's that? And the fact that they're all interconnected. Just once I realized that, mm-hmm. um, that there's all and they're all intercon- kind of interconnected to his Dark Tower series. Yeah. Just that. That just elevated him even more to like one of my favorite. If mm-hmm. not the my the favorite author of mine, yeah. So what were you going to say, Ryan? His style of writing is the way that you would think your inner monologue. Mm-hmm. Like when you're standing at the grocery store, 
thinking about, you know, what you're going to do the rest of the day or like thinking about like, you know, like your day at work or whatever, mm -hmm. like his just like consciousness train of thought, like that's his writing style and it works because it is so relatable because yeah, it's organic. In us, that way. Yeah. As human beings, like he writes the way humans think. And mm -hmm. I think that is just like, he just nails it every time. Like, which lends to that sense of the, unease when he yeah. introduces weird aspects yep. to it. Like it's yep. that much more off-putting. Yes, because when characters are, like have the like think weird, mm -hmm. like it is so off-putting. Like mm -hmm. especially in Under the Dome, there are some weird characters <laughs> in there that think yeah. so weird, and you're just like, these characters are weird, man. <laughs> so... <laughs> Man, that's such a good book. Yeah. Uh, oh my well, gosh. so it my my only problem with Stephen King in general, and it's a trope, is that he has difficulty sticking the landing in a lot of times in a way that's super yeah. satisfying. But I'm okay because like this is a case where the journey justifies kind of where you end up, even even if it's not what you would want. You were so engrossed by the book up to that point that it's worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. right? I mean? Because like. Some of his endings can be ambiguous. They can almost be like what, you know, you as the reader define as mm -hmm. the, as your ending, right. you know, like right. you get to pick. So, you know, right. and that's okay. So well, it may not be completely satisfying as it's not a finite ending ending, but right. like you're like, you could be okay with it. Another person that was really prolific and pretty important to me. And I think all three of us actually, if we were to talk about is uh, Crichton, like, mm -hmm. didn't we oh, all yeah, read absolutely. his oeuvre over the course of our teenage years like everything from the andromeda strain up until the nano machine book i forget what that one was called where like a cloud of nights. um oh prey yeah prey, prey. yeah mm -hmm. so i mean i read so i never i didn't read andromeda strain i think my first uh, one was actually jurassic park my first one was jurassic park but i went back like once i was into that one and read his previous catalog and he also has that very accessible yet like scholarly yes. aspect to it because you can tell he researches the hell out of things and yeah. um interesting fact this is probably widely known because he was super famous did you know that he was six foot ten Yep. Yep. Okay. Like every He's time I think about man. that, it just blows my mind that this gigantic yeah. person was a so scholarly <laughs> and a doctor. So. Yeah. Yeah. He had a, a one PhD or how many PhDs? I mean, one's good enough. He probably had more, but I was more astounded by like his physical size. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, no, I'd like one of my favorites of his that I think could probably be as close to being totally immersed is sphere just because of the sense of dread yes. underwater that, <laughs> that is probably that my favorite book be, of his yep yeah. i was just going to say sphere <laughs> was my my favorite the, the movie not so much but it's yeah. okay though it's not terrible it's not an yeah, abomination it's, okay. it's no congo <laughs> but it's my favorite movie ever we're not going to get into it but yeah. um i liked congo at the time it's a little, little inside joke between us we'll the book talk is good. about that sometime right. the book congo is good it is i think it's a guilty pleasure at best though um i was trying to look up some more of his other novels but i mean he's talking about Crichton or stephen king is kind of redundant because they're like so well known and like everything right. they've ever written has been adapted into other media so yeah right. um even like uh midnight express or something didn't they make that into isn't that 
Crichton's book? I don't know. Maybe I haven't read that one. Give me a second. Hold on. I'm looking up too. I could be misremembering. So yeah, total silence. <clears throat> well, another book series that I that I read that I really enjoyed, and this is not a. I mean, he's probably somewhat well known, but it's the Jim no, Butcher I'm... series. Oh yeah, uh, the Dresden Files. I'm mm-hmm. totally wrong. <laughs> okay, what were you wrong about, Ryan? I'm gonna uh, get back it's to you, Mark. The midnight. <laughs> Yeah, go on. I just well, it's a book by Billy Hayes or something. Okay. Yeah. So I'm. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Fair enough. Wrong. <laughs> so uh, Dresden Files. Yeah, I gave. I think I read three or four books in that series. Oh man, they're all good, and they all like continue. They they they're kind of like a. They all kind of continue off of each other. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, that was another series that I really, really got into. Yeah, Dresden Styles is like basically Dresden Styles. Uh, Dresden Files is like <laughs> modern pulp. It's like uh, yeah, it's basically supernatural noir. Yeah, he's a modern day wizard mm-hmm. who lives in Chicago and um, solves supernatural crimes. Mm-hmm. And he he he's not a he's not affiliated with the police, but he. Uh, has a contact in the police department that he um, that he does work with, but oh man, mm-hmm. he's got a skull, a talking skull for that uh, <laughs> in his basement. Right, that's great. Sassy um, talking skulls. Yep, yep, yep. What's the video um, game that has that? It was one of the older uh, um, Bioware games. Tyranny. Oh. Tyranny, um, yeah, yeah. It had a sassy talking skull as well. Um, <laughs> classic trope, but um, yeah. But no, uh, they're they're just really good. They're not very long books, but um, they're very entertaining, mm-hmm. and I just really enjoyed enjoyed them. Have you ever tried um, those, Mark or Ryan? Sorry, okay. nope. Uh, another book series that I enjoyed was the Discworld books from Terry Pratchett. Those are incredible, and they couldn't be less for Ryan. So no recommendation yeah, I know. for you there. I tried to get him to read Guards Guards once, right? And I think he, he, I don't he even just, remember that. So I think uh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I started that one uh, chronologically or whatever, or no, by oh, release man. with Color Magic, I think, and then I read about ten books in it. It's so good. They're just so he is witty. So, yes, so witty. Um, but you have to get that style mm-hmm. of humor. Yeah. If you don't get the British style humor, um, like the dry, um, right. Yeah. Right. It's Which dry. Probably and why silly. he doesn't like, uh, what we do in the shadows, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly Same. what I'm saying. He didn't like flight of the concords. This isn't trying to call you out, but just getting a taste for your taste. So yeah. Can't recommend that book series to you. Um, for me, another book series that I would recommend is, uh, Oh my god, I'm having a stroke. Mistborn. Have any have either of you guys read that? Yes, I've actually read um how many three of them? Yeah, so there's I think it's the original trilogy and then they like move forward in time and so it's a slightly different setting with new characters. Yeah, I read the the, the first three. So, Ryan, have we ever talked to you about that one? 
because here's where I'm going to try to sell you on that and anybody that happens to li- the 10 people that listen to this episode Mistborn <laughs> is like this pre like post medieval pre or like mid industrial revolution era um, fantasy story and it's got a really unique ma- magic system in it where at people have this power called allomancy and they develop powers or can utilize supernatural powers by ingesting different types of metals. Like they actually have little flakes of metal in like a little tube of like alcohol and they ingest it and they can burn off the metal metabolically and it'll give them abilities like a certain type of metal will grant you like magneto powers where you can push and pull against metal so one one method of locomotion would be somebody would have a bunch of metal in their pockets and they could push and pull like repel off the metal that they're that's like on their body so they could like effectively levitate or jump huge distances um wow and there's ones that like enhances their senses or allows them to sense other people that are burning metals or can actually obscure people that are burning metals it's like this whole um, almost like a covert spy um, organization. What's like it called again? Mistborn. Mistborn. And huh. so it's got a really good mythology. And like I said, the magic system is extremely unique. Um, mm-hmm. And the characters are all well drawn. And it's, they're relatively breezy reads. So I think you're looking at like three or 400 page books. And they just flow into one another really well. Brandon Sanderson's the author. And he... He also has kind of a really accessible writing style in either to his benefit or to his credit or not. He's relatively like kind of clean and wholesome. Like it never gets too bogged down in darkness or weirdness. He just uh, they're kind of almost like feel good adventure stories. And everything he does is of that tone. But I would say that you would probably love Mistborn based on your taste. You should look into it. He has a bunch of other books. He has a much more quote-unquote serious series called The Stormlight Archives. And those fucking books are a thousand pages each. And he's up to like his fifth one. And also oh, incredible oh. magic systems. But it's it's a lot more of a commitment. And, and didn't he finish the Wheel Time series? He after, did. Uh, he's the guy that Robert finished Jordan that. Died? Mm-hmm. Okay. And people were saying, hey, he should finish uh, Game of Thrones. But no, he should not. Because he, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have that aesthetic. He's not... A, a dark and edgy guy. He couldn't be a worse yeah. fit for that. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? <sighs> I forget. But Plus, anyway. I don't know if I'd want to be the author that is known for completing other authors series. Well, the thing about him, the another thing I'm going to su- try to sell you on him, Ryan, because this is, I think something you would respect is the dude's work ethic is crazy. And he tracks every step of his creative process. So if you go to his website, he will have a progress the, bar, a literal progress the first bar book called the final empire. Yes. Okay. But anyway, if you go to his website and you want to know what he's working on, he'll have the name of a book or a short story or whatever he's doing. And it'll say first draft, second draft, final, and it'll say a percentage of how complete it is and what the estimated completion date is. Everything he does is constantly tracked. So for every like Patrick Rothfuss or, um, you know George R. R. Martin that can't seem to fucking write. This guy tracks every element of every day. He sits down and he just does the work, and he cranks out stuff like clockwork, and it's very very consistent. He's got 
young adult novels. He's got deep fantasy. He's got just one-off. Um, I would recommend him to both of you. Like, I think his entire body of work is very strong. So, um, and it's, it's a really deep hole if you fall down into it because he's so prolific that I think it would take you a year or two to catch up where he's at. Wow. So, um, yeah, I really ran off at the mouth on that. Uh, well, I, I just got the final empire on audible, so I'll check that out. Yeah. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. It's very good. (laughs) Um, and then Mark, I know that you read a series that I did the blade itself. Joe Abercrombie. I'm sorry. I fell off that one. Okay. You're dead (laughs) to me. Let's, uh, end the podcast now. You did like Logan Nine Fingers? Huh? You didn't like Logan Nine Fingers? I don't know what it was. There was something about it that it started to get it started to feel like I I started to feel like I was when I was reading the first Wheel Time series book. I have never been more offended. (laughs) I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just saying I, I gave it a solid I think I made it more than halfway through the book. Incredible. I thought you finished it. I thought you had actually liked it. I, I don't know. The sense of betrayal I'm feeling is uh, intense. So I'm sorry. It's okay. Sorry. If it wasn't for you, it wasn't for you. I thought we Burning could and intense. commiserate on that. So never mind. I wanted, to, I wanted to like it because I've heard so much about it. Mm-hmm. And you obviously you know, so, uh, sold me on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, man. I wish I had better news for you. <laughs> That's fine. Um, to everybody that's worth a damn, you should read to, uh, Joe Abercrombie's books. <laughs> Since Mark can't apparently do it. Speaking of burning and intense, I think this is a nice segue. I did want to say my fellow co-hosts did complete a Hot Ones challenge this past weekend. Oh, shit. Yeah. My butthole hated me for about 24 hours <laughs> yeah that was so actually the worst fallout for me too let's briefly talk about that like so okay. you know talk about um, your <laughs> no the experience you know like how was uh you know the the flavor of the the, the sauces you know and uh, like when did it ramp up for either of you all right so i'm going to defer to mark on this one but to set him up for like with his background here Mark is heat master. He's the one that likes spicy yeah, food traditionally. He so loves he, it. we went in with a lot of uh, expectation for him anyway. So Mark, <laughs> talk about how you felt about it. All right. Well, um, oh, you know, just in case, Hot Ones is an interview show on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Basically, it's a short form interview show where they interview a celebrity and um, but the hook to it is, as they're asking questions, they're eating subsequently hotter hot wings with different heat intensity um, throughout the course of it. So it really builds on itself and it, it makes for some interesting dialogue because the person is like screaming in pain while trying to answer like a very serious <laughs> yeah. question about their life. It's uh, one, one through ten. So that it goes from uh, like mm-hmm. a hot, hot wing with the lowest level one and the hottest of ten. Okay, Mark. So, sorry to interrupt. So, I I went into this. I was pretty excited about this because I w- I've had some of the spicier sauces from the hot ones, but individually, <laughs> I'd never had them uh, as p- 
part of a series of 10 sauces in a row. And also explain the difference between like the cheap sauces that are made with uh, oh. um, the and the real chilies versus the like the, the crap sauce or whatever. I, I, I you told me what it was and yeah. I forget now. So these sauces and the hot ones are um, made with the actual peppers themselves. Mm-hmm. So like the 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 last dab, the final one, is um, made with the Apollo pepper, which I guess is arguably the hottest pepper. Okay. Um. Like. Ryan had brought back from a trip to Vegas for me a bottle uh, called Ass Blaster. <laughs> Great name. Very um, it, came in so- an out- it, came, it came in an outhouse, too. Awesome. Yes, and it came in an outhouse. It was great. Um, but this particular sauce, it's tomato-based, so there's tomatoes and stuff like that in it. But it, what makes it spicy is they're using um, uh, capsaicin extract. So... Basically, it's um, it's not made with the actual peppers. It's, it's where not, they've... not real. It's just kind of like it's almost right. like fake hot sauce. Uh, I don't. Still, again, I don't want to say. So is it fake. like instead of like if you get a juice and it's ten percent juice and ninety percent right. corn syrup? Right. Okay, right. so it's like from yeah. concentrate. Almost. So this okay. was made. This was made, and it was made for spicy sake. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Now you could argue that like a sauce like the last dab, even though it's made with the actual peppers, is made for spicy sake because who in their right mind is going to actually put that on a whole thing uh, like ten chicken wings? Agreed. You know, <laughs> I know some people but, that might be made might, might with do the it, actual but... chili. It's made. It's right. not made with that extract or whatever. Correct. Correct. Okay. So the first, I think, what was it? Four or five. Bite of sauces, Matt. I mean, it's the first like, one is literally no more than like a Tabasco or Frank's Red. Right, I right. Mean, it was like right. equivalent to that. I mean, but they had really good flavor. I agree. So, um, honestly, I would have, I could put any of those first five, four or five sauces. I would I say five. I wish we had written down the names of them, but like, I know when we I got to five, I, that was the first point where I had like a hint of spice on my lips, where I noticed mm-hmm. that there was spice. Literally the first four, I felt like it just had a heat that was pleasant. Pleasant, yeah. Now, uh, but then you get to the sixth one, and it's called that one. I I remember the name. It's called the bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was the seventh one. Was it the sixth? Was it the seventh one? Hold on, I, I, hold on. I got. I'm pulling up the list right now. Okay. Yeah. Please do. Well, anyway, once you get to the bomb, mm-hmm. it's like a super jump up in heat. Preach. Like, I feel like um, anybody that's watched the show has seen people's reactions to that where they call it like battery acid and turpentine and I mean that's not far off like it's like it's designed to be repellent and I I would think that was the worst one flavor wise Mm -hmm. and I think yes I think they that if there was one of the sauces that was purposely designed for um, just for spice Mm mm-hmm for spicy. All right, here, I got All the right. names. So the first one was classic, classic. hot sauce, mm-hmm. then bliss and vinegar. vinegar. Pretty good. Then Hoff's something sauce. I don't remember. Like Hoff's cloth sauce, maybe? It, the bottle's kind of turned in this picture. Okay. The number four is Los Calientes. That was really good. That one was um, 
Number five is the white bottle. Senior Lechuga hot sauce. It's mm. the dot seven seventy one B. The name's not striking. I, mean, I all yeah, I know is like it, what Mark said. We were enjoying it, it up until the da bomb. It looks like Adobo Black something. Go, it's the ghost pepper one. Okay, it was good. That was number five. Yeah. So then six is Hotheads official something. <laughs> You're really seven. killing it with these names. So he put a like thing in front of it, so I can't see. He has his little icon, his logo. <laughs> okay, so the, the one with the bomb on it is the bomb. So eight that's... Is, that's eight. So... Oh, eight? Holy shit. Really? Yeah. I don't think we did it. Okay. Two, three, but four, did we do it? Five, six, did we do seven, it in that order? <clears throat> seven is Butilia <laughs> Fire, spelled with an H. I we really. I don't think we did up. it in that. I don't think we did it in that order. I think order. Carl did I it think, slightly out of order. Um, yeah, I think oh, he put really? the bomb earlier on because that would explain why it was such a huge jump in heat. Mm-hmm. So he screwed up. Yeah, I wow. think he went at least one out of order. Um, yeah, I think he put okay. the, the bomb early, and then the one after it was supposed to go before it. So at that point, it went nuclear. Like, yeah, yeah completely reasonable. It... And then we all started like desperately <laughs> chugging milk. Like we went through a full gallon of milk between us because it was insane. Wow. So, so, so that he, makes so... sense. That makes sense if that's supposed to be like the the second to last. Supposed... Well, so it goes the bomb, then hellfire, prank. Okay, so it's the th- it's supposed to be yeah. So I think he did it out of I don't I think he had the deb- the bomb and the one that um, the Batilla fire mm-hmm. was supposed to yeah he I think he, he, it was yeah he yeah. flip flopped them. Because you could see them right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that really was the point at which, like, it was so see, gross. That's, that's... It, yeah, but it was so gross it pissed me off, to be honest. Like, it tasted bad. And then it also had that really insidious quality where it kind of crept up on you. So, you know when you suck on a peppermint in your mouth, it feels cool every time you breathe in? Well, this yeah. created lava in your mouth every time yeah. you would breathe in. So, yeah. like, every yeah. breath you took punished you. And so, yeah. seriously, they should just name that sauce, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah. nothing clever. That was that was the bomb? Yes. That was the one you... Yeah, oh my it just, like, hates you. It disrespects you yeah. as a human being. And um, the next one's, like, had flavor. But the thing is, the cumulative effect really kicked in at that point. Because it would right. not go away. No. It says extreme black garlic reaper sauce yeah yeah just... that's the carolina reaper um pepper yeah. uh in that one so that <laughs> that's why it was super thick too mm-hmm. um but but anyway we got to the last dab and last dab actually and go ahead that's the apollo oh, that's the apollo pepper one yeah. the hottest it, pepper. It, once again it's hard to judge because my mouth was being annihilated, but it seemed like it had a good flavor, especially comparatively. But the problem was that like we were not at the peak of heat torture yet. Like it was still building like the crescendo hadn't peaked. So we started eating ice cream and eating bread and stuff like that to mitigate that sensation. And I don't know, Mark, like, was it that bad for you at that point? Even as a hot, it didn't, it got really super hot with the like I I felt it you mm-hmm. know I noticed it right off the bat I think I got I started sweating at that point <laughs> we all but, did but 
up until that point, I was fine. Yeah. It was at that point, and I didn't. I don't even think I could taste the third, the the one in between the bomb and uh, yeah. The last I, one. I, the, the, I have like, no memory of it either. Yeah. Like I remember <laughs> the the bomb and then the last one. <laughs> right. So, um, but the last one I've had before, and I like the flavor. The problem is, is that nobody. Oh, you, you had, had you had had Apollo sauce before. Yeah, somebody brought that to work. Oh, okay. Uh, what I took away from ago. it personally, not typically being a spicy person, is I was not as bad as it was. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it showed that I had way more heat tolerance than I expected. Yep. Um, but And it didn't burn the interior of my, my mouth all that much down my throat or even in my stomach. Um, it was mostly centered around my lips. And... Um, then what Mark was saying, there was a sudden poop explosion disease the next day, which, you know, it's the joke about every nasty food you can eat, but it definitely like cleared me out. Like yep. it was a pure <laughs> diuretic at that point. <laughs> so, you know, um, you, you were talking about how like you didn't, you, you learned that you have a lot higher mm-hmm. uh, heat tolerance yes. than you thought. Uh, that's what I've come to find. Um, it was kind of nice, to, like a few years ago. Like I said, somebody brought in that last dab, but then they brought in something. Uh, like he he then brought out like another box, and this one looked like a coffin. <laughs> I forget what it's called, but he opened it up and it's a little medicine dropper. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> and I don't. I really wish I could remember what this was called. Uncle Cletus's the, country death serum. <laughs> <laughs> it could have it could have been death or could have had kill or something or murder on it i don't right. know i don't know but anyway one little drop of that yeah was by far the hottest thing i had ever put in my mouth in my entire life right even more so than the last dab like if you dropped it and on the floor it would just burn through like a xenomorph's blood pretty much at that point i realized okay that is by far the there is never going to be an instance where I would do that again or ever exceed that level. So everything else is below that. Right. So mind over matter kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, Paul, my coworker and I went to Frickers and I ordered the, the highest level. Is this after our thing? Uh, no, no, it was was after you tried that sauce. I see. Yeah. Yeah. This was like several months after I tried that sauce. Mm hmm. It was not that hot. <laughs> and I was like, I'm enjoying these. Hmm. How in the heck? And this is supposed to be like, you know, what is it? Killer? It's killer and then something else. And yeah. it was flaming or something like that. I guess. Well, the thing like, is, like, the level you get to with the bomb and uh, the last dab is that it's like chemical burn status. Like, it's physically damaging your flesh. <laughs> like, it's not just normal spice. So, of course, nothing else is going to, like, compare to that. Right. So, so I don't know. Um, but so Ryan, you said that you the, got a sense of like the heat or the spice wafting off of them as we were eating. We, them. we all did. So all of the participants that um, were uh, like basically standing by the sink, like in front of you guys, because mm-hmm. you guys were all by the kitchen island, mm-hmm. like that all of us that were standing there, it, it's all of the sauces that, like as you guys were mixing them up and you're heating them it was just like it was like this weird 
stench of like sauce and toxicity that was just like <laughs> wafting over and it was burning our eyes like all of us it was just crazy it's like this weird cloud of just like funk and it was just yeah, oh, remember when no, Carl was, took the bins over and yeah. uh, ran the water he, on him and he was he, like he, it was he, aerosoling he was, <laughs> yeah he was like he was like pepper spraying himself he was like tear gassing <laughs> in the sink and he kept like gagging and coughing and stuff you know it was incredible yeah. it's 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 legit man long Most story short i would recommend it I, for anybody that has any any curiosity i think it's definitely worthwhile mm-hmm. like if you if you don't have a genuine affection or ability to deal with heat maybe not but if you have any tolerance i think it's a good bucket list thing to do not only that so, you you'll really learn where your your heat tolerance level is mm-hmm. for sure die. so mark i did find this uh tiny hot sauce bottle on uh amazon that comes in a coffin called meet your maker hmm. that might be it it, it I, I can't tell if it comes in a medicine dropper. It looks like it might, uh, but it says, "Say your prayers and prepare to meet your maker." Hundred percent ghost pepper hot sauce <laughs> and an amplified, you know, something extract. Yeah, so that, it, one def- that one is that one is an extract be, one. It's got to be an extract one because that'd be the dropper, right? Because you only put like you know a little bit on it. Yeah, that's that. You can't there. I don't. I think that goes above and beyond. Like what an actual like a you know if Paulo pepper is the highest, mm-hmm. yeah. There's no other pepper that exceeds <clears throat> it, right? Right. So yeah. the only way to go beyond that is is to use extracts. Extract. Okay. Yeah, because it is concentrated. I mean, a couple drops, yeah. you know, and that's what it is. It's basically concentrated pure capsaicin. Right. So oh god, <laughs> in but, a liquid format. I mean, uh, just talking about this is making me sweaty. <laughs> Other than the fact that it killed my appetite for the day and then like blew me out the next day, I still think it was a worthwhile <laughs> experience, to be honest. I mean, yeah, it's well, definitely it's a bucket list. You're you're, you're, yeah. you know, we're probably never going to do all of those again and that uh, again. There's no point in so, it. I mean, but it's just, there's no fun point. one time. Yeah. He, I mean, it would be sa- the only way we would do that bottles. is if Brian did he save them up all? one day. Yeah, well, he put it back in the box, like, because I don't think he's going to do it. He's, the if, only if way I we'd ever it, do this again would be if Ryan manned up and did it and decided up. to do it. Or if, if, if Chris uh, came out and we all did it yeah. together. Yeah, that would be another reason to do it is if Chris came out and wanted to do it too. Yeah, I would do oh, it again. Man. I would. I would too. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, well. I'm getting... This is extremely off topic, but I mean, I'm glad we touched on it. So thanks for bringing yeah. it up, Ryan. Well, Ryan, yeah. you were telling me that the peppercorn barbecue sauce that you brought was too spicy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's lips. understandable. <laughs> I mean, he Ryan would be out in classic. Look, yeah. I'm not going to judge anybody because, like, heat is a very unpleasant thing I'm like, not, at a certain level. I, I'm joking, Ryan. I, I'm not really judging you. <laughs> I, I, I just I, I am like, judging. It's fine. I judge you for like all my judgment. So. Yep. <laughs> oh well. I don't know. I was going to talk about comics and stuff, but I don't want to now. Um, we can approach uh, it. We can, we can, yeah, we can save that for the next like other media one. Yeah. Um, Plus, Mark's not uh, that we, into it. so We don't have... Uh, I don't have show notes for like the next episode, so I guess we could just like keep it you know, a surprise, figure out what we want to do next week. Yeah, and we can honestly do a mix. We don't have to stick to one topic. Maybe we have some video game stuff and other things that we can intermingle topic-wise. So, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing a uh, since it's Halloween. I've been playing a a horror themed video game. So, name it. Uh, it's Just called. Tease it for next week. Oh, it's the Dark Pictures Anthology, and it's the the first one called Man of Medine. Oh, okay, we talked about that briefly Dan. offline. Yeah, Dan? you mentioned that yeah. briefly, yeah. All right. Well, I think, honestly, it wouldn't hurt to do a little bit of a theme episode next week, since it's going to be the week of uh, Halloween. So maybe, yeah. have either of you had a chance to watch that, what's it called on Netflix? The horror? Mid- um, ma- uh, Midnight Mass? Midnight Mass. No, not yet. Not yet. Maybe we should try to make an attempt to. I know that you're, you've got other things to watch, Ryan, but if possible, if not. We're five episodes in. How many episodes, seven episodes are there? Seven? Seven hours, maybe okay. not. Yeah, I'll see what's going on. Okay, I, I'm very curious to see what you guys think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I have some thoughts okay. in, on it. Um, like I said, we're five in. Um, I will say that I'm enjoying it. Okay, spoilers. But I do have some thoughts. Okay, I'm not going to say any. Well, maybe when we go to talk about it, we'll have spoilers. But I don't have. I'm not going to. Well, absolutely, because right you can't talk about shit if you can't say what's happening. You know what I mean? That's just not it's right. pointless. But hopefully I'll get a chance to watch it then. Okay. I do recommend it though. We will try, but we'll see what happens. Either way, we'll have something to talk about. The nice thing about not just talking about games is that there's always something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We can just right. address any topic. So I don't know. I guess that's about it. We've kind of hit our limit here. And because of that, we'll call it now. Um, basically, if you want to reach out to us, our email is mostlywrongshow at gmail.com. Our show homepage is mostlywrong.fireside.fm. Reddit is mostlywrong.reddit.com. And on Twitter, we're at mostlywrongshow. So while we are mostly wrong, we'll keep trying to get it right. I will uh, talk to you guys later. Peace.
Smile.